Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Ben and Brian here. We are diving into the survival world today. We haven't done that a lot yet here on the podcast, but it is something that we teach a lot and probably the topic that we get the most questions about as we're just out hanging out with folks. Uh, We get asked a lot about um, this topic that we're going to be talking about today. I don't want to spoil it yet, but uh, another word people use with it is apocalypse. Um, Now, when you start talking that word, you're really going to kind of have to break down somebody's beliefs. Um, when you start mm-hmm. talking about that word, and there's people that believe that could actually happen. But it's kind of fun to think about for some folks. But what we're talking about today is called bugging out. What does that even mean, Ben? What does it mean to, to bug out? So bugging out doesn't even require apocalypse. That's that's the importance of the bugging out. This is uh, first a mindset. All starts with mindset. Yeah. Um, any When we get into survival 101, it's always mindset. So... Being in the being in the right mindset. What do you mean by that? Like, mindset's a tricky one. Yeah. Uh, people, this is where it we can get it to talking about fear, insecurities. Yeah. So doubt. We encountered really two groups of people when we start talking about this topic. Now, this is a class that we've actually taught to the public. People sign up for, but again, this is one that comes up and we end up talking with people all the time about. But you've got two groups of people. You have people that. They don't want to talk about this. They don't want to acknowledge the what ifs because it's scary and, and there's fear there. And then you've got the people that are all in. They want to be prepared. They want to, if something does happen, it's going to give them this sense of security to have stuff to take and the skills to go do it. So there's really those two groups of people. I think everybody needs it, um, but that's really what we encounter when we start talking about bad stuff happening and you have to leave, run, hide, whatever it may yeah. be. And that's where bugging it out comes into play so we're not talking too much about prepping today you know there's a whole nother idea concept people are preparing and prepping for this certain day this time this thing you know when we get into bugging out that's the camp that i fit into more due to it could be just power going out doesn't have to be the end of the world doesn't even have to be it could be just uh you're traveling and and get lost for a night right so the bugging out mindset of thinking through the lens of I don't have everything I need, so I need to start preparing and packing and planning for the event that I may need it. Right. So and, <clears throat> then comes into the term bug out bag. Yeah. Which is this this bag that you have prepared that if something were to happen and you need to leave your home or your vehicle, that you, you grab this bag and, and you can go. Um, right. It, it's important to have the right things in there. Right. So the military would have started that that concept of having that three-day size bag. That's about all you can carry is three days worth of stuff. And then Creek Stewart is a, a awesome survivalist, and he actually built uh, his own bag, created a book on it, has uh, talks about bug-out vehicles, bug-out properties, all these things. So a lot of great information in there. And, and It is great, but what, what we teach and talk about is it does differ from that because... Right. Um, you can Google right now. Anybody can Google right now bug out bag. There's even pre-made bug out bags that you can buy. Comes with all your stuff in it. Correct. But what we teach is that every person is different, and that is the truth. 
and that you have different needs and skills than the person sitting next to you. So that bag needs to be built for you. For you. You specifically, it's it's what you need, and that is different. So a bug-out bag, you want to have a bag that's going to allow you to place the items you need in them that's going to last you for three days. That's the rule of thumb. You also need to have in that mindset and that plan while building your bag is, where am I going? So this is where it kind of gets... Oh, we get back and forth in conversation with people of like, I'm never leaving my home. Right. Well, they're in this mindset that we were talking about earlier of they're going to either prep or they're going to defend or they have nowhere to go. So they're going to stay. But that's not the point of a bug out bag. It is if there's an earthquake, if there's a wildfire, if there's a X, Y, Z, whatever natural disaster, whatever might be coming your way, you may have to leave your home. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you want to have something that you can grab. That's going to help you for the next three days. Yeah, you, your family, whoever, you, whoever you're going with. Correct. You, that's the things you have to take, start to take into account too. Is who's going? What are their capabilities? So, right. Those are some good reasons on on why you might need a bug out bag or what kind of scenario may happen that you need one. Somebody's going to start doing this. What kind of bag do they need to get? That is that's a whole nother podcast, man. We could spend hours on. Again, it's it's what fits you well that can hold the equipment you need, and the rule of thumb, again, is that three days. And right. and what I feel like I take away from the three-day rule on the bag is because you can carry enough water for three days. Right. That's a lot of weight, though. Yeah, so about if, eight pounds a gallon. So that's kind of that mindset of you have everything in your bag that you're not having to stop to procure water, to process water. You're not stopping to have to hunt, to So for three, for three days, you're roughly talking... 20 to 25 pounds just in water. And that's if you're by yourself and you're only carrying for yourself. Right. So the bag size depends on the individual. It needs to be comfortable to carry. You know, I've heard you say before too, though, to to people, you know, if, if you don't have the money to spend, use a bag that you've got. That's, if that's a great place to start. Right. That could be your very first bag and you slowly build as you learn and discover how much you're putting in, how much weight you have in there. So if it's a purple Jansport from second grade and that's what you've got, then then start with it. Start with it. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, defining bug out bag at the hardcore level, this is a bag that you'd be creating. You would never be touching unless you needed it to bug out. So items in there are never leaving that bag. They're staying in yeah. the bag. You don't take them out to go use them to go camping and then right. go back and put them back in no. there. No. No, this is something that you would keep you matter of fact you're going to hide it inside your home somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're trying to hide it in plain sight. Like if someone broke in, you don't want them to steal your bag, but it's quick enough there that you can grab, you can even grab in the dark. Right. You know, whatever that scenario is, you know where it's at, you know how to get to it even in the dark. So let's say now some somebody listening has realized they they've got a need for a bug out bag. They've Listen, they found our checklist. They're starting to kind of build a bag. They've either bought a bag or used whatever bag they have. There's really no point in bugging out if you don't have a place to go. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. You're going to have to have a place to go. If your house is on fire, you're going outside. So it may be 20 yards in the tree line until someone comes to help or your neighbor comes helps you, whatever that is. But there's you're going to have to leave your home. Right. So when you're leaving your home, it's awesome to have a, a kit already prepped and ready and made. Right. Mm-hmm. So they really should start answering that question um, before you start building a bag. Okay, I'm going to build this bag, but if I were to even have to do this, you kind of have to have it premeditated of, of where am I going 
where am I going to go? Because if you're just going to go out for three days and wander, you might have been better just to stay where you're at in some scenarios. So let's break down survival then just a little bit okay. because that's kind of where we're at. That's the whole world gets confusing. So what you and I teach is that the definition of survival is to delay or decay. It's yeah. not to most of your survivalists are going to say, do not die. Right. Got news for you, folks. You're going to die. You're going to die. Everybody's going to. So how can we delay it? You know, that's why we go to the dentist. We, we don't want decay in our teeth. We're tr trying to delay the decay. You know, we go to the doctor. We try to eat better. We exercise. Like, that is our purpose is to delay it. And that's what we're doing every day. So in the survival world, as you're getting into that, first is the mindset of, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to make it. I have the will to live. Mm -hmm. That's that's your priority. If you don't have that, then you packing all this stuff doesn't matter because you grabbing it and going down and crying and weeping and laying there till you till you're no longer, you're not delaying your decay anymore, right? It's right. over. So mindset's first. Then when we get into survival one on one, you have your core four. And our core four that we teach are food, fire, shelter, water. Not in that order, but those would be your, your core four. Then you break down the rules of three. What that means is, is that for shelter, we can only go in inclement weather. So we can only delay or decay in inclement weather for roughly three hours. We're talking super cold, you're wet, super hot, it's dry, no water, dehydration, all the crazy things you can you can uh, think of there. But three hours in inclement weather. Mm -hmm. What about the, food? Yeah, so food's kind of going to be longer. Yeah. We're going to say three weeks. Some of you guys listening know people, or maybe you have, you've went... A month. You may have went 40 days without food. Some people have been able to do that. I feel like they maybe have had a shake or two. I, but do, I don't even want to attempt. That sounds miserable. It, yes, it would be. Yeah. But three weeks is a rule of thumb. Remember, rules of three. Right. And then, and then our, our, uh, our next rule of three is going to be water, which is at three days. That so, sounds awful, too. <laughs> but that's only if... You're only going to go three days without water if you have a shelter. And you're only going to go three weeks without food if you've got water and shelter and shelter yeah right so that's that's that mindset that you got to get into a planning what am i planning for so if you have a bag that's going to help you for three days if you're bugging out and your mindset is one day there may be a group of people trying to yeah, over take over my home mm -hmm. i have to go to a, a new spot to to delay my decay you need to have some options of where you're going to go not just start going right is it is it an aunt uncle's house is it correct a, a cave is it a fort you built in the woods a couple miles away correct what is it? cave uh, yes do you have a, a cabin if you don't you know, have a plan of where to go then you probably shouldn't build a bag if you're talking about what what my really the end goal we'll yeah. talk later about is is a natural disaster mm -hmm. you know i mean look at the wildfires that are taking place these people need to have an evac plan they need to have that quick grab that you're throwing in the vehicle which is a bug out bag yep ready to go at any time. And it'll give you some peace of mind, too, knowing that, I mean, this stuff is happening here in the United States more and more frequent, it seems like. Uh, we won't dive in or go down that road of why we believe that, but uh, it's happening, and that and that's a reality, and, and we can kind of get stuck in our bubbles and, and not pay attention to that reality, but it's better to prepare mm -hmm. and have that peace of mind that you are prepared. Yeah. I mean, even, even if a tornado comes through a whole town, you can look at... Anywhere across the United States, a tornado has gone through a, right. a large tornado, and yeah, it wipes we've, out. We've had, you know, some of that impacted really close to us before. I mean, entire entire towns, and and nobody I know that has died, but people that I know who have had friends and family die in, in tornadoes within within an hour of where we live. Right, but within that, as it hits a whole subdivision, you're not staying there. You're not going to your neighbor's house either. 
Probably not because no. your neighbors just got hit too. So yeah. um, hopefully Red Cross shows up to help. But the point is, is you, you need to be self-sufficient yeah. as much as you can until that help does arrive. Also put you in position too to, to help serve others. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. So for sure. Now that you have a place to go and you've got a bag, you've got to have a plan of how you're getting there. Yeah. Because um, if you're walking, you got to know how long it's going to take you. If you're having some people buy a completely separate vehicle just for bugging out, some people yep. plan a bike or ATV or UTV, but Motorcycle, that should yeah. be part of your plan too. Once I grab this bag, what's my what's my mode of transportation? And you got to think how many people is with me. Yep. Right? So if it's me and my kiddos, I may have to have a wagon. Yeah. Ready to roll because they're going to sit in the wagon. I'm going to pull. It's going to be more efficient for me to do that than for them to hike the whole time and for me to try to carry them somehow. So Correct. this the situation is always going to be changing, but you have to look at you, the individual, what do you need, and then who's going with me and how can I accommodate them? Yeah, one, one that comes up a lot, uh, people always want to ask and bring this up when we start talking about who's going, is dogs. Yeah. Um, people People in today's world get really attached to their dogs and some of their animals and and I understand that I, I totally do and if you decide you want to bring your dog that's great but they're probably going to need some water too and water. one thing I always get asked about dogs is well how much food should I bring for my dog well your dog can go longer than you without food and mm-hmm. it can find food mm-hmm. a lot easier than you so I honestly if I were to bring a dog I don't think I would bring them food or maybe maybe a day or two's worth, which isn't a whole lot of weight. I do, but I make the dog carry it. Yeah, well, that's a good thing so too. If you have a dog pack, you have dog packs. I I have it preloaded. It can clip to your bug out bag, and as you're going, you slap it on or you ditch it, whatever you need. But you have it ready to rock and roll. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, if you have a dog and they're going with you, then they might as well pull their weight. That's they they'll have to because I'm not going to do that for them. Yeah. So yeah. what if you got a teeny tiny dog? That's your decision. I don't have one, but if you have a teeny tiny dog, yeah. uh, you're gonna have to find out a way to. You either gotta, you're either probably gonna end up carrying them or leaving them behind. It's that's, that's, prob- that's probably a possibility. Your yeah. So um, once you've answered that, who's going? Who's in your group? You really got to start thinking about capabilities. What skills do you have, and what physical abilities do you have? You know, if you've got ailing knees if your knees hurt and you can't walk a mile well then you kind of maybe need to reconsider or if somebody in your group is like that not everybody is physically able to go hike with 50 pounds on their back for three days now you're getting into the fear side of when people sit and really process through different scenarios ideas what do they need that is where the fear kind of starts creeping in of i may not be able to when you talk about physical abilities there's a lot of things that people have that they, they can't help but they're still going to have the same need to escape a situation that, that an able-bodied person is. So uh, you really got to start taking those things <clears throat> into account when you're talking about leaving the comfort of your home. Absolutely. Yep. And some people's choice, Ben, may be, you know what, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to stay. It's either going to be the end or somebody's going to come help me and I'm going to be okay. And and that's, that's a choice that people get to make. Right. And that, that's where the spectrum's at. It's a spectrum because if you're talking apocalypse then you may not have anywhere to go. You may try to stand your ground. You may even decide to get into the prepping world where you have everything you think you need. And I don't want to get into that talk because there's a lot of pros and cons to that. But even just basic natural disaster, let's say our electricity, our power grid goes down, even for just a city, doesn't have to be nationwide. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can look up. I remember when you and I were kids, our largest city or the largest city next to us went down for two weeks. Was it two weeks? What you talking about the ice storm? Yeah, we had an yeah. ice storm. Well, yeah, you say kids. We were. I think I was eighteen when that happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that uh, that was wild. It, it was literally just ice on the trees and the trees became so weighted down that they all snapped and took down all the power lines and it was two weeks um, in a pretty good sized urban area that nobody had power people were literally making fires in their sinks with their furniture which is to to try to stay warm yeah Uh, and and so sharing that just to kind of put in perspective to you that we are so much more fragile um, I think as a society, then people like to realize we're so dependent on our electrical grid and it's so easy to take out and so easy to go down. Um, and most of us have probably experienced moments of that and it's frustrating and it stinks. It sucks because we rely on, on, on power, on electricity. We rely on it so much that when the power does go out and you walk into that room with no power, you still flip that switch on expecting that light to come on. <laughs> it gets yeah. me every time. <laughs> it does. And, and I mean, even, um, you know, when, when we were in the corporate world and, and I was running uh, a huge facility and we had all kinds of, of tourists and gas coming in, when we didn't have power, we weren't operational. Yep. I, couldn't, I couldn't take somebody's money. I couldn't sell them a ticket. Like, everything literally shut down and nothing could go move forward just because of electricity. Right. Yeah, and back to the ice scenario, you know, the people that stay in their home, that's smart. That was probably the best place to stay. Yeah. But... You've already got a shelter. You already have your shelter. It's not compromised. At two weeks, though, you could see how the mindset that people started panicking, right? Even though they had still the basics, they're in their home, they still started panicking and doing things that probably weren't wise or smart. And that's why just first having the mindset, thinking through step-by-step, what are you going to do? And then getting into what items do I need personally? What do I need to have? Right. And And there's really two, when you're bugging out, there's there's a lot to consider, but um, we start talking about signal or camouflage. If, so so if, you and I teach, we teach two types of survival. Right. Right. So there's the signal survival side that we teach where you're lost. Now, this is a survival situation. So you're lost, you need help. Yeah. Help so, me. Yeah, because you and I, we may go decide to get lost one day in the woods. However, we probably will never need to reach out for help because we're going to find our way back if right. we did. But the moment that you need help, now we're in a real survival situation. That's that's when you need it. For example, the show alone. If you don't know what that is. Super popular show on the History Channel. Yeah, one of my favorite shows to watch. Yep. Yeah. They're going out to survive as long as they can to win money. Yeah. Whoever, it's kind of king of the hill, last man standing, last person standing. It's men and women. Whoever whoever's last wins $500,000, and they put, them, they put them in some pretty severe climates where it's pretty much inclement weather every day. Um, they get to they get to pack in uh, a list of ten items. Uh, they get to pick from a list of about thirty or forty items, but they get to bring ten things. Um, they have to build their build their shelter, get their food, get their water. They have to do it all. Uh, but it, it is a good show to watch to kind of get an idea. But it's not exactly survival. You want to explain that? Yes, because if someone out there listening was in a true survival scenario, that means that they cannot reach out to anybody to get help. So they're going to have to do what they need to do to delay their decay until they can get out on their own or they can get out somewhere to get help. Right. And that that's signal survival that's signal is what survival. we would call that. So when you're thinking that, you're thinking, you know, smoke signals or SOS signs, 
bright colors, mirrors, uh, shiny lights, whatever you can do to attract attention to you so that somebody can find you. Um, one of the best things that you can ever, ever do, and we teach this pretty much in every survival class, is make sure people know where you are. If that you're is going number where one. you're at, Tell when you're leaving, where say, you're going. Yeah. I'm going to be here. And you and I do that with each other. Even if I'm driving way out into the country to meet somebody to buy something off Facebook Marketplace, yeah. I say, hey, I'm going here, not going to have phone signal. If you don't hear from me in an hour, come find come me. Come find me. You've said it before we, many we times. We do that mm -hmm. just as a safety precaution, but it may seem silly or trivial, but it really is important. It is. Um, what's the, is it 127 hours? Something like that. The movie, the movie or the movie? show? Yeah. Um, fortunately, this person lived because of what they were prepared to do. He cut his arm off because he was wedged in rocks. Um, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember back to this, they had a hard time finding him because nobody truly knew what his route was. Nobody knew where correct. he was going for that day. Correct. And had they, maybe they could have found him. But I mean, Faster, that's speculation, yeah. but who knows? Right. But back to that, the alone side is that the moment that they get completely flipped out of their mindset where they're missing their family and they got to go or they truly are injured. They can hit a button yep. and help us an hour out. Plus they have someone coming and checking on them once a week, once a week to mm -hmm. check health because of liability. Right. So you got to take mindset. That is a different mindset knowing that at least you're being checked out once a month. I can be pulled. So they're taking care of me. Plus if something really bad does happen, I can go at a moment's note, an hour. I can mm -hmm. be gone in an hour. That is so different than a mindset of I am lost. No one knows that I'm lost, and I don't know how to get a hold of anyone because I can't. Right. And so there's there's your signal side, right? Of of I need help, and then we have the camo side. We call it camouflage because you're wanting to evade. Yeah. You know, and that's if, if an army's coming to take over your neighborhood, and and you've got a, and that may be an extreme scenario. It may not be, depending on where you are listening. But if if somebody's coming to overtake you or try to kill you, then when you're leaving and evading and surviving, you don't want to be found. No, that's we just had two men break out of prison or jail, whatever yeah. it was. I'm not sure where they're at here locally. Here locally, yeah. And, you know, the town's posting, have you seen them? Have you seen them? Those, they are evading, mm -hmm. and they're going to have to do whatever they can. Yeah, even though it's criminal, 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 they are in survival mode, and they are in a, a, evading, absolutely. And, and you that. may be in that situation, not that you broke out of prison, we're not talking about that, but you may be in a situation where you're trying to get away, and that would mm -hmm. be camouflage survival. There's there's different things that, different skills you're going to have to have and, and know and do to delay your decay in that moment for that okay. side. Yeah. So now that we've covered that, and we, we've definitely covered that you've, you've got to have the right mindset, you've got to know who's going with you, what their capabilities are, we've kind of talked about what what kind of backpack do you need? You start with whatever you have. If you want to buy a $600 mystery ranch pack and, and pack it full as much as you can, as long as you can carry it, then so, do that. So that would be the first thing with your pack. If you have whatever pack you have, use it. But as you're starting to build your own, making your own, you want to ensure that you can handle the weight right. that you're trying to carry. So you can buy the $600 pack that's, I'm going to make it 8,000 liters. It's just bigger than you are. But if you can't, pick that up and carry it and you can't get out fast enough with it then it's probably not the right pack unless you got a mule unless yeah <laughs> unless your transportation is a vehicle a mule yeah yeah which hey for somebody it might be so now that we have covered mindset and actually what bugging out is and, and the pack side somebody wants to start building one what what's the checklist what are you going down what do you need to put in this thing 
we talked earlier about survival, delaying your decay. You're starting off with food, fire, shelter, water. Right. So food, fire, shelter, water. But remember, I say that fast. It's always not in that order. It depends on where you're at. Most of the time where we are, we need shelter mm-hmm. more than anything. But you may be in a situation where water is required before shelter. What about air? That We get to ask that a lot, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we have to have air. So if you're going to go climb Everest, then you're going to have to figure out your air situation. There's a... Um, but we're talking about things that you're going to have to go out and obtain, get to use. Yeah. Some people do put respirator things in their pack. Like if they're, yeah. if they're truly, um, I'm going to use the term doomsdayer or truly worried about the apocalypse and, and you're worried that they're, you want to be prepared for a day when, when the air, our breathable air is compromised, then some people do put respirators in. They do. And, that, and when you're talking about that side, yes, you could, from bandanas all the way up to you even have masks, just like masks that we were wearing for COVID, but they're... N95. N95. Everybody it's, knows what that is now, I mean, don't in, they? You know, in my bug out bag before COVID ever hit, I had an N95 mask. And that is that is something I would fulfill for that air need. However, you're still not going to go out and try to to get air. Right. So when we're talking about skills needed for survival... There's not a skill there. It's not a skill. If you have the equipment, great. If you don't, you're going to have to deal with mm-hmm. it. But you have to to go out and find food, fire, shelter, water. What's an example of something that somebody might put in their pack to cover the shelter need? A tarp. A tarp. Okay. Yeah. So just a tarp, or would somebody go as far as to put in a, a backpacking tent or something like Absol- that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for me, in my smaller packs, so like when you and I we go out uh, fishing or just hiking a property, hiking some land, helping a helping a landowner um, with some habitat consulting, you know. I'm going to, I, this sounds stupid. I know, but I usually have a trash bag yeah. and it's a very, it's a 55 gallon trash bag. It folds down flat. It goes in, it in any pack, pocket. any pocket. And why I love it so much is, is it's an instant shelter. It's an instant poncho. It's, yeah. it's going to block rain. It's going to block wind, which are the two things that, that are trying to attack yeah. you. You're not going to have a comfortable night in it, but it'll keep no. you alive. Yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So obviously then water, which you're either taking a bunch of water or you're talking about purification devices. Um, if you've got uh, a metal container or something you can cook in and you've got fire covered and, and you know that you're going to be able to obtain water, then you can purify it al- along the way. But that's kind of a, the water is one where you're either sacrificing weight and space by carrying your clean, drinkable, usable now water, or you are carrying stuff to be able to obtain and purify water. Yes. Yeah. And most people in a bug out bag... A lot of the guys I know are actually, they're packing water mm-hmm. because their goal in a bug out bag they is to keep get moving. from A to B. Yep. So they want to get to their second destination. So there's, why worry about water when you can pack it? Yep. You know, we're not out backpacking, having fun. This is, this is out of your comfort. You've got to leave your home for whatever reason it is. And they're going to usually pack it. Yeah. So we love to have experiences and activities when, when we teach all of our classes and this class is kind of a hard one to do that with but something that we like to do with this class um, is in the fire aspect because we mentioned that you have to have the skills well not everybody's going to have the skill to make a bodro fire or live in a place where it's easy to make a kit or even a ferro rod that we've that we've talked about in in one of our myth episodes not everybody's going to feel comfortable using that you and i that we're going to be we're going to feel good that if we've got a fair rod, in most cases, we're going to be able to get a fire going as long as we can get some decent tinder. Some people will say, well, I'm only comfortable with a lighter. Well, then put a lighter in your bag, right? Mm-hmm. But a fun activity that we like to do and is useful as well, uh, we like to make waterproof matches. 
and, and being waterproof with your fire starting stuff is so important. Again, another reason we love ferro rods because you can literally throw it in water, pull it out, use it. Um, but if matches is your comfort zone, um, dip, melt some wax and dip some matches in your wax. Use your Strike Anywhere matches or even uh, clear fingernail polish. You can use mm -hmm. that enamel fingernail polish and, and cover those. And as you're striking, you're going to strike away the wax uh, and the fingernail polish. And it actually will help those to burn too once it is lit. So um, just, just a something to think about that you're probably going to get wet along the way um, and you really want to be able to start a fire yeah and so let's get into like what what do you carry in your bag the individual needs to figure out what they need and so you know you just asked if you're not comfortable or you're just talking about if you're not comfortable with the ferro rod then use matches or if you're not with matches use a lighter that's great but let me let me first tell you the acronym of p-stop to kind of help you with the mindset side so I'm good. I don't need to go, but thank you. That's why we love it so much is because <laughs> you don't realize you need to go till you have to go. Right. But P-stop doesn't mean P as in that version. It's the letter P. So right now it's time to prepare. And that's what we're sharing with you guys. It's what Brian and I do. Um, you prepare. Right now is the time to prepare. In the event that, that a survival scenario situation comes about or happens, then you get into your stop side. And the first thing you do for stop, S-T-O-P is S, and that is to stop. T is to think, O is to observe, and P is to what's your plan? Mm -hmm. What are you going to go? And so knowing your core four, food, fire, shelter, water, knowing the rules of three, that this is usually when we need food or fire, shelter, or water, then looking at your P-stop scenario, so preparing now for that kind of situation, you got to st then start thinking about you individually. So I want you to stop right now and be thinking about you, the individual. What do you need that you have to have every day? Yeah. So, so you really kind of, yeah. First aid, hygiene, medications, that kind of where you're going here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for, for instance, um, my wife, without her corrective vision, so without glasses or contacts, she's legally blind. Like she can literally see two or three inches in front of her face. So, if something were to happen at night while we were sleeping and she doesn't have her corrective vision and we had to leave and go, she's going to be a more liability if I don't have some corrective vision to, to give her. Yeah. If I'm dragging her along and guiding her the whole way because she can't see, we're, we're more risk to get injured. We're going to be not covering as much ground as fast. Um, and she's going to be miserable yep. too. She's yep. eventually going to have awful headaches. And so something as simple as, you know what? in my pack, I better have a pair of glasses for my wife is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. So keep your old, even if they're outdated lenses, you're going to keep your uh, an extra set in yep. your pack. We can get into medications. There are medications that you have to have. Some people have medications that are required to stay alive. Yeah. And you, you better be prepared um, to have those if you've got to leave your home. Yeah. And you'll have to process through what those are. Do they have to stay cold? Whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. right? Because your bug out bag, you may have to place it next to where you keep those things to grab and go. Or maybe you keep the outdated. Again, I don't want to get into the, the crazy side of this because there is a whole crazy world yeah. when we get into bug out. We like to keep it a little more practical. But yeah. practical thinking, like what is what is true, what's real? You know, whatever you need, your medications, your eyewear. Do you have infants? Right, so yeah, do you got? Do you need to carry a, a special thing to carry them, or you got to have an extra pack to put them in to carry them? I mean, yeah, and and I know there's a formula. Not, you're not zipping them up in the pack. There's <laughs> correct. No, you're not. <laughs> now, you, 
we, we won't get into crazy. Remember, yeah. we were talking crazy. You know, we won't. But you know, there is a formula shortage right now, mm-hmm. and that baby is baby formula. Baby formula. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is something of what can you put in your bug out pack that's there for you if you have that infant. You know, yeah. think about you do have to understand if you're male or female. Do you have a cycle? Do you have things that that w- may happen along the way that you're going to have to to be ready for um, due to what your body does. Um, So I don't know what that is for each individual, but they do. And so that needs to go on your checklist. You just start writing out your core four. You got to have food, fire, shelter, water in your bag. And then what are those things that you also have to have that's unique to you? Yeah. And it's really easy. And we're not knocking on the people that, that push out bug out bag lists or sell the pre-made ones because they are a good guideline. It's a good start. I mean, grads get that. And it's a great start. It's better it. to have that than to not have it. But we really want you to understand and, and to think through what you need because then you're really going to build the correct survival kit, survival uh, bug out bag. Um, so once you've really thought through everything, what do you need? For eyewear, what do you need for medication? What do you, you have got your food, fire, shelter, water. There's probably, hopefully, most of you will never have to use a bug out bag. Correct. And a lot of you, after you build it, it'll sit for a long, 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 long time. Because, again, you are not touching this. Um, and some of those things in there have shelf lives, uh, um, have half-lives and decay. And they're so what do you mean consumables. you're not touching this? You're what what he's meaning is you're, you're not, not going to grab it. that out and go use it, but you are going to have to update it seasonally. Right. You know, for the winter, I have winter clothes in it. When it becomes to get summer, I'm going to take some of the winter clothes out and put in some of the summer things. Right. However, I'm always going to leave some sort of long sleeve something in there. Yeah. Right. Or if, but or if you've got even spam, so you've got spam in there. Spam lasts fifty years. Fifty years. years yeah. Yeah. So after fifty years, you have to swap <laughs> you're going to have to switch it. Medications. Medications if, go yeah. bad. You're going to have to swap those out. Keep those updated, but. Again, just you have to be considering all of this. Um, right. You've got to know where it's at and needs to stay in that spot so that you are going to that. Um, and then I think it's so important um, that last P and P stop that plan because once you are going, and if you have people going with you, then you all better be on the same page, right? Yeah. So if you, in a, in a scenario that I really think of on this is say. Ben, you were out. Uh, you were out on a job site working, and your wife is at home, and a natural disaster happens. Um, you're gonna have a hard time getting home. She's gonna have to leave the the house. This is again, this this scenario. You guys should both know in the event that there's no communication networks, where you're going, where you're gonna meet at. That's, right? Yeah, exactly right. If if you lose that communication, what is that plan? Um, you know. That's why the mindset and the planning is is so important now. You know, when you and I were traveling, um, and we still travel, but the days that you and I traveled together and we would go to events for that, for the corporate world, um, you, you and I would kind of sit down and be like, if something happened right now, how long would it take for us to get back home? If there was no cabs, no trains, no planes, how long is it going to take for you to walk, hike from wherever you're at back to your home? And that gets scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a scary thing when, when you look at a vehicle takes you three and a half hours to get there, but when you walk by foot, it takes about 59 to 60 hours. Like, it's wild. Yeah, and think about when you and I would travel into, we'll call the city. We live yeah. We live outside the city. You know, we're about 30 minutes out. We'll, we'll give a give a real-life example, because you and I do have these discussions when we travel. So one time we went to uh, 
shot show in Vegas, and yeah. and we we had that conversation of if we have to get back to Missouri from from Las Vegas uh, by foot, what's our plan? How are we going to do it? How long is it going to take? Right. Um, and we and we do talk through those things. Part of it's kind of fun for us to talk through that and think about that, but there we are preparing. That's that very first P and P stop. We are preparing just in case we have to do that. We understand that it's probably far-fetched and the odds of it actually happening are low, but if you don't consider it and then it does happen, you're going to be in a lot worse shape. Well, you're behind you the point. Yeah, yeah, there's, you, it's hard to delay at that point because, mm-hmm. you know, I am going to be going overseas in the future and some of my research right now is if something is to happen while I'm gone, how Can many you make days? make it back to the U.S.? Yeah, to make it back to the U.S., what would be my plan and... and what are the routes to get back and what's 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 real what's and I'm not James Bond stuff but how can I truly get back if if we're talking about some catastrophe something pretty chaotic um, is starting to happen so yeah if you're if you're traveling overseas if you're from the US and you're traveling overseas something to always know um, the location of where you're going is where the US embassy is this is a good one uh, yeah yeah, that's a great place to start for so sure. So even if you had to walk from where you're going to be or get a hitchhike to where the U.S. Embassy is, but that's a, a very minimal thing to know or a place to start that if you were going on vacation or a mission trip or whatever and, and that you were to get stranded or who knows what happened and know right. where that U.S. Embassy is so they can help you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great place to start for sure. But getting back here to the the basics, though, that's we kind of got... <laughs> it's a good talk. It's a good. That's it's a whole other time well, to dig into. To be honest with you, we. I mean, when we have these conversations with people, uh, they go on a lot longer than a podcast. I mean, we'll yeah. go on for hours, and the next time we see them, they pick up again, um, because it's emotion invoking and thought invoking, um, and a lot more people are kind of having that. Like, you know what? I didn't really want to think about this before, but maybe it's time that I start to to have these conversations and these thoughts, so that I can take care of me and my family. Something as simple as your car breaks down. Uh, help me with this. I forget the. This happened not too long ago. Yeah, this just um, this past winter. This big city. There was uh, a, so it'd been winter twenty twenty one. Yep. Out out uh, in the eastern United States, the the highways shut down. Right. And the people that I heard interviews from that were really did well, but they were stuck out there on this highway, no no place to go, nothing to get, nobody could get to them. Just thousands and thousands of cars stacked up, stuck on the highway. They were there for days. Mm-hmm. The people that did well were the people that had. Uh, extra shelter and their bug car. Out bags. Yeah, they had water in their yep. car and snacks and food in their car. Correct. Um, they they were ready to go to go through that. And uh, I heard some cool stories about people sharing truckers. You know, that had several days worth of food, getting out and passing out food. That's really cool when you hear people stepping up to serve people. Um, it, that that's where it gets you in the fields because at the end of the day, most people do want want to help. Most people yeah. do want to serve. So. And to clarify, when we're talking about the bug out bag that stays in your home that you don't touch, great. Build mm-hmm. it. You have it. But then you could also move into your, your put, smaller... Put one in your car. Yeah. I've, I've got one in my car. Like, just like I was telling you, your everyday carry, maybe it's in a purse, maybe it's in your pocket, but if you have with you the things that you would need to provide for food, fire, shelter, water, then you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, there's an... <laughs> Another popular bug out and apocalypse topic topic that people love to talk about. It's not always uh, super applicable, but it's one of the funner aspects to talk about of this. Funner. It's one of the more fun aspects to talk about of this <laughs> yeah. is uh, weapons. People mm-hmm. always want to ask about weapons. Um, and, you know, we have a, a close friend who's in the military, and he made a really good point for us. You know, if if you are bugging out and you are leaving, other people likely are too. 
if you're loaded up with a with a rifle on your front and a sidearm on your hip, you might be a target. The I mean, threat. You're yeah. making yourself look like a threat. Right. So maybe maybe you want that, maybe you don't. Maybe if you have it, it's more concealable. I don't know. But again, it's three days, so hunting, probably not really a thing because you should be able to carry and have with you in your bag the, the food for three days. So you have it more as a defense thing than anything. And do you really want people to know to know that and see you in that view? Right, and that... That gets into your your plan, who you are. Right. You know, if you're really good with firearms, um, you may have one in your bag, one on your leg, one on your hip, and yeah. then you have and your AR you, that you can ditch. I if mean, if you're not, please don't buy one just to put it in your bag, just to just to have one. If you want to buy one to keep in your bag, then then be know skilled, how to use it. know it's, how to use it. Be just like we said earlier, it. if you don't know how to use a ferro rod, don't have one. Then don't have one. What's the point of putting it in? So, um, but. On that tools and weapons note, we also have to have tools, and that's what you and I do teach out is what is the difference between a tool and a weapon, and and the quick example we give is a pencil. Right. You know, I, I grab a pencil, hold it up, and, and I'm saying, is this a tool or a weapon? And majority of the people say a tool mm-hmm. until I grab it, kind of turn it clockwise towards you, and I say... What if I stab Brian? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's everyone a, quickly realizes, well, now it's a weapon. Right. So we... It's the intent. It is the intent, but it's the person using it. Mm-hmm. It's either a tool or a weapon. So... Again, knowing how to use, having the skills, and really thinking through, is this, is this, that's weight. That's more weight that you're going to have to carry. So is this something that's, that I need more than food, fire, shelter, water? Right. I don't know. It's going to be up to you to decide how to build it. But. Yeah. And you can even get, you're talking about mindset or, or where you're at mentally in this whole thing. Um, what What's giving you hope? What What's your hope out there? And what are your morals and ethics? How? What is the extent you're willing to go to make sure that you don't die, that that your decay is delayed? And you should consider that and have an idea of who you are before you go. To dig in a little bit more, like let's take vitamins, for example. Mm-hmm. Some people pack vitamins. And and that's where, what are you doing here? Are you, are you trying to get from point A to point B? Because point B is your new home and... You know, your new home really should be kind of prepped and stocked with the things you need. Right. But if it's in your backpack and you're putting in vitamins because you're thinking longer term, well, now you really got to start understanding skills because now you may be stretching past three days mm-hmm. because you don't know where you're going. Yeah, now so, you need to call men to be outdoors and have us teach you some you of these go. skills. There right? you go. Now you're in it. That's yeah. it. But, so, you know, it's, it's again, it's individualization. Like, what is it that you need and the items that you have, how do you use them? Yeah. How so hopefully them? by now you understand what a bug out bag is. We don't mean to scare anybody by this. We want, we want to better prepare you. So maybe now you realize you need to go gain some skills or maybe you're like, these guys are nuts. I'm not making a bag or I'm just going to stay home. And that that's okay. But you have to make that choice for you. Um, you know what you're going to put in a bag. If you are going to build one, you're kind of having that thought process. What What's the point of all this, Ben? What's the end goal? What do you want people to really understand and take away from all this? So there's two things that I would want you to walk away with. Before I get into those two, there's one thing that's the most important, and it's what most survivalists aren't teaching people. It's what the world isn't teaching people. When you get into a survival scenario, if you're still alive and on your feet, then you have a reason to be alive. God has kept you here. There is a purpose and a reason that you're still alive, and that's where that will to live comes from. You're you're still alive. So you can get into your crazy plane crash scenarios where you're the only survivor, there's a reason you're not like them. Mm-hmm. You still have a purpose. And 
right now you have a purpose. Even before you build your bug out, we all have that purpose. Yeah. If this is landing on your ears, you have purpose. You have purpose. We're all created for a reason. And so if you get lost, if, if something crazy happens, you know, you have a reason to be alive. Why not plan now and get ahead and be prepared? Absolutely. But the two takeaways for this talk would be one is that as you make little, like the, I'll say a little mini bug out, you have like for me, an example of what it would be. Um, I have a little t- a backpack. Sometimes I have a, a fanny pack, you know, I'm going to carry four things in it. I'm going to have my favorite knife of all time. I'm going to have a really big ferro rod. I'm going to have a metal cup and a, um, and a trash bag. If I have more room, I'm definitely throwing paracord in there. And so if I have more room, I might throw a granola bar in there. If I have more room, I might throw a water bottle, you know, right. and I'm, I'm just keeping these, these small basic things because of the skills that I have, I'm able to go use them to get food, fire, shelter, water. So the one thing I want you to take away is that if you already have these items with you, when you're out just fishing for fun, if you're out just hiking and playing, they're going to keep you in the game longer. So for instance, me and my son went fishing the other day really hot day we're talking 93 degrees yeah, really heat, hot yeah heat indexes were like 105 to 110 yeah dangerous hot yeah he was in shorts and a t-shirt well we were swimming playing fishing by eight o'clock as a sun setting he starts getting a chill if i would have had a jacket for him right if he had had his own individual bug out little bag we could have slapped it on and we could have continued to fish but realizing it's time to go when all i had to do is just bring the right stuff and we could have hung in the game longer, had more, you know, more fun longer. Right. So that's, that's really the takeaway there is take those things so that when you're in the car, you have your water, you're not panicking, you're not freaking, you have those, those basic things that you need right there by you. Yeah. The second thing though, is to minimize a real survival situation. So not to get into the local stories, you can, there's so many stories that are out there of people that have got lost. Some didn't make it, some did, but if they would have taken the core four, those basic things, they wouldn't have slept through the night. They wouldn't have been comfortable, but they could have made it through the night to find the trail they passed 50 feet back the next day. Right. So, A, it's going to keep you in the game longer to have fun, to go out and do your outdoor things. But two, when it gets into that scary side where you really messed up. It could take you home the next day. It's going to take you home the next day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really good. I appreciate you sharing. I hope that all this has been helpful to you guys as you're listening, that maybe now you realize the need for a bug out bag. And if you do, go ahead and start building it. And if you want to reach out and ask questions about, hey, should I put this in there? Should I not? Please do. Um, again, we are we're looking for supporters for our podcast. So if you want to go to our link tree on any of our social media accounts and find our Patreon, we'd greatly appreciate your support. If you want to go on iTunes and uh, leave us a review about how we're doing, uh, we would love to hear what you think about how we're doing on there. So please leave that. Um, and until next time, build you a bug out bag, spend some time outdoors with your friends and family. That's it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.